You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran and the founder of the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. We've got so much to talk about. We've got a great guest waiting for us in the interview room with a story that is just unbelievable. So let's take a walk into the briefing room where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. Every time we do a show, it seems like Portland is in the news, and today is no exception. Let me read the headline to you. Portland police ordered to stop making traffic stops for low-level offenses. They're following in the footsteps of that other great city, Berkeley, California. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler announced Tuesday that the Portland Police Bureau would no longer make traffic stops for low-level offenses like expired license plates and broken headlights. Wheeler said that when officers do make traffic stops, they'll have to get recorded consent to search a vehicle and clearly inform drivers they have the right to refuse which of course is done anyway. Um, the policy changes were implemented in response to data that showed black drivers were disproportionately impacted by traffic stops. So let's just not stop. Let's just not stop people for traffic offenses. That's the answer from Ted Wheeler and the other liberal politicians in Portland. Let's just not, uh, hey, let's just ignore those violations. So, you know, in policing, the the lowest level infraction can lead to a major arrest. Let me give you a case in point. The Oklahoma City bombing. Timothy McVeigh, that, that murderous bastard, killed all those women and children and people at the, with, the, with their bomb at the Oklahoma City, uh, in Oklahoma City at the federal courthouse. And you know how he was arrested? An Oklahoma trooper happened to make a traffic stop on him for what is called here a low-level traffic offense, uh, a license plate violation. So as a result of good policing on the part of a, a sharp-eyed cop, one of the worst mass murders in history was solved. But the liberal politicians of many of America's cities now are adopting this insane policy. Now, I don't even know if it's legal. And, and so far, none of the police departments have had the guts to, to uh, uh, take it to court, which is exactly what should happen. And... Uh, Unfortunately, this is happening across America. So Portland, uh, of course, is, gonna, is going to immediately jump on that, that bandwagon. And also, while we're talking about Portland, this, the, the usual insanity of Portland, uh, Portland officials, they had a shooting. They had a, a shooting there. And, of course, a police officer involved shooting, that is. And immediately, the social media... Uh, started accusing the police of shooting an unarmed black man because that's what happens every time 
the police get involved in a shooting. Now, somebody issues a social media statement, which of course goes viral, and everybody blames the cops. So, the uh, Portland uh, officials quickly announced that the suspect shot by an officer was a white male and released video to shut down the false narrative that police had shot an unarmed black man, which of course sparked protests in the city. It doesn't matter what the cops do. They always are being accused of, of uh, the, the what this is now becoming so commonplace and so stupid. Um, but that's what that's what it's come down to. Now the the police have to rush to the media and go, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, don't worry about it. We we shot a white guy. It, can you? It, this is the insanity that's taking place in this country. Now let's take let's go a little a little south of Portland, where more insanity is taking place. There, here's the here's the uh, headline: Oakland cuts eighteen million dollars from police budget to pay for social services. Mayor Libby Schaff criticized the council's action, but it didn't matter. She got outvoted. Now, believe me, Mayor Libby Schaff is no no, uh, uh, supporter of law enforcement, but even she's not, not dumb enough to realize that if you take $18 million away from a a, a city that's exploding in crime, it's going to have a detrimental effect. But they didn't care. They didn't care. In a move that signals a major reckoning of law enforcement's role, the Oakland City Council voted to slash $18 million from the police department budget. Um, and instead, you're going to love this, spend the money for violence prevention and social services. Now, um, the decision was a victory for Council President Nikki Fortunato Bass, Bass, who swayed the majority of her council colleagues to amend the mayor's proposed budget, which called for an increase in police spending amid the surge of gun violence. So you got the mayor who's trying to do the right thing and is savvy enough to know, hmm, well, wait a minute. If I give more money to the police so that they can actually maybe have... Um, enough money to hire people, maybe we'll be able to fight some of the violent crime, but no. So this, now, when I heard about this, I had to look into it a little more deeply, and the it's, it's even more absurd than, than it sounds like on the surface. Okay, so you just heard me say, spend the money for violence prevention and social services. So here's what they're doing. This is something that is like out of some weird um, utopian movie where they are they have now created a um, uh, a job I guess this is what you would call it violence interrupters I I don't even know what the hell that means and and no one can know what that means because it doesn't mean anything a violence interrupter. So wait a minute, hold on a second. Does that mean that a violence interrupter is going to, unarmed, try to interrupt violence? What? How does that work exactly? You know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that this is going to be one of those um, pork barrel projects that 
friends of uh, well, who's this? Nikki Fortunato Bass um, is going to is going to line the pockets of, of of a bunch of her friends and business associates and give them the title of violence interrupter. Yeah, um, but now in in the in the ultimate um, irony that the day that this was announced, the day this was announced, I couldn't make this up. The violence prevention chief, which I don't even know what that is either, but apparently in Oakland, it's, it, I'm sure it is a, a highly salaried position. The violence prevention chief was giving an interview in front of City Hall. And guess what? They got robbed. <laughs> yeah, two armed gunmen committed an armed robbery of the cameraman who was filming the violence prevention chief's uh, press interview. Is that rich? Could it get any better? It, it was, I started laughing. And, and, and of, of course, in another irony, the violence prevention chief happens to have an armed guard, a security guard, who then chased off the robbers. So they won't hire cops. They'll hire security guards to protect the violence prevention chief who is going to be overseeing the violence interrupters as they take away money from the police and reduce the number of cops on the street. If you can... If, if you can... Um, think about anything that's more absurd, please let me know because I don't think I've really heard anything more absurd. Um, but that's just, a, this. we're just talking, I could literally talk for hours about the insanity that's taking place um, involving law enforcement because it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. Um, here's a, here's a beauty. Um, now th this, this is, this really angers me, really angers me. There was, a couple of years ago, in um, Nashville, Tennessee, there was an officer-involved shooting where uh, Officer Andrew Delkey, uh, this is in 2018, shot and killed an armed suspect, a guy named Hambrick, who was fleeing from the officer after a vehicle pursuit, had a gun in his hand, was ordered to drop the weapon, did not drop the weapon, and was running towards a group of people, including police officers, and the officer shot and killed Hambrick. Um, in any other world, that is a justifiable shooting. You can articulate that this individual was a threat. He's armed, he's got a pistol in his hand, he's running towards a group of people. The officer uh, not only has the right, but he has the responsibility to protect those people. This officer shot and killed Hambrick. It, it of course, uh, now, uh, of course, it's a white officer, it's a black suspect. Instant riots, instant riots. And of course, the city couldn't wait to write a check for a couple million dollars to the family. And then they arrested Delk. I, I, I was, I was incensed by it, but I was, I was um, also very very sure that at the end of the day, Andrew Delkey would be, would be exonerated. He didn't do anything wrong. He, he did what he was supposed to do. 
But now, yet, uh, this week, he actually pled guilty to manslaughter and took a plea deal for three years in the penitentiary. I was, I, I lost my mind. I go, wait a minute. How could, why would he take a deal like that? And then I heard from some folks down that are, that are aware of the situation. He was afraid of getting Derek Chauvin and get some incredibly harsh sentence for what he did. And so scared of a criminal justice system that has gone awry, that has gone completely rogue, he took a deal to send himself to prison. This is, this is one of the most tragic stories uh, I can imagine. A cop scared to death that he's going to go to prison for decades and so not wanting to take that chance, even though he's innocent, takes a plea deal. This is sickening, sickening. And this is the current state of affairs in law enforcement. I have lots more to say, but unfortunately our guest is waiting. AmericaOutloud.com. Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty and justice for all. For my active duty officers out there, and actually for all of my officers out there, privacy is one of our biggest issues right now with the threats towards law enforcement increasing every single day with officers being doxxed with officers being tracked down and harassed, you've got to defend yourself. Now, I had no idea, I had no idea how easy it is to find someone on the internet. There are literally websites out there that have all of your information and any puke in the world who's got, who can search a website can find you. You gotta defend yourself. I know that I'm doing that right now and the only way is officerprivacy.com. It's officerprivacy.com. Here's what they do. You contract with them, and the, it, the cost is minimal. It's a monthly cost. It's a, a, a one-time setup fee. Cheap, cheap, inexpensive, especially for what you get, and what you get is peace of mind. Officerprivacy.com goes through all of these websites and removes your personal information and continues to check it to make sure that it's not going back up there. So <clears throat> I'm telling you, this is peace of mind that is worth much more than than what they charge you for it. Uh, I'm doing it. You should do it. Go to officerprivacy.com. Don't wait for something terrible to happen to you or your family. Protect yourself right now. Officerprivacy.com. Everybody is shopping online now, right? Everybody is is going and getting their wares because it's convenient, it's easier. But here's the problem. I don't like giving my money 
to companies that simply don't go along with the values that I believe are important. I value patriotism. I value love of country. I value our police. I value our army and our navy and our military. I believe that these are really important values. And unfortunately, a lot of the big players in online shopping, they don't. They Instead, they, they promote a bunch of, of, of activists that, that truly do not even like our country. I don't like it. So... But, you know, what else are you going to do? There's pretty much just been one game in town. Well, that's changing right now. That's changing because now there is ShopToTheRight.com. Now, ShopToTheRight.com is a new endeavor, but it is it is gaining traction for shopping online and putting your, your wares online if you are a business and and looking for customers that care about the country, that care about patriotism, care about values that the most of us uh, do share. And, and, and it really comes down to this. Do you want to give your money to companies that promote organizations that actually sometimes even call for the overthrow of our nation? Not me. I don't want to. Well, I never had much of a choice, but now we do. ShopToTheRight.com. you got to check it out. Whether you are shopping or you are selling. In your company. Check it out. Shoptotheright.com. Tell them Randy sent you. With me today in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, is the wife of a police officer who I've got to say, in my in my long law enforcement career, and that is a journalist, I have I don't think I've ever seen a persecution like what is occurring to Matthew Degas, um, who's a police officer who is uh, currently uh, has been terminated from his employment and is facing criminal charges for what is essentially um, a nothing situation that was elevated because of the social issues facing America today. With me today in the interview room is Christina Degas, his wife, uh, who can speak because, of course, the officer himself cannot but she is more than an ample spokesperson that can relate um, the, uh, the persecution, what I call persecution by prosecution of a law enforcement officer. Christina, thanks so much for joining me here at the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on today. It was really important to have you on, Christina, because the, the, the listening public um, especially for my show, need to be apprised of what is essentially a, um, a witch hunt that has been created to de- literally destroy uh, your husband, who is a, a uh, decorated law enforcement officer. So if you would, let's talk about, well, let, let me give a little background to, to the listeners. Um, Her husband, Matthew Davis, was fired last summer in connection with the May 27th arrest of 23-year-old Amari Johnson, which was captured, and of course, this is the most important part, which was captured on video and circulated over social media. Uh, uh, The officer was was fired based on allegations that he violated several police department rules and regulations, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you would, Christina, give us the uh, Reader's Digest version of what took place and what has been happening. Yes. So on May 27th last year, my husband, Matthew Degas, um, was working a trolley enforcement detail. Um, he was with other officers from La Mesa Police Department. Um, the trolley station they were at is a very high crime area. So on that day, um, the officers were present on a special detail. So they were directed by the department to be there, conduct saturation, or another way to say that is talk to everyone. Um, so it was during a consensual encounter. Um, Matthew detained a subject for not having trolley, a trolley pass on MTS property. Um, and it was during that detention that the subject refused to cooperate. Um, they would not provide identification. They attempted to walk away while they were detained. They struck Matthew and then resisted arrest. So um, while while the subject was aggressively resisting Matthew, Matthew went hands-on with him to keep him in a seated position until other officers arrived. Um, so a bystander video of just that hands-on portion of their interaction went viral. Um, as you said, that led to um, multiple protests at our home. Our personal information was um, spread all over the internet. Um, so that's what's called doxing. Um, our phone numbers, our personal address, our family's address, our, our social media handles. Um, so people showed up at our house that, that same night. There were multiple protests at our home. There were death threats, um, threats of violence at our house. Um, and then there were also protests at the police department in La Mesa. Um, those protests devolved into looting and um, arson. There were a couple of buildings burnt down. Um, so this all kind of bubbled over very quickly, um, all over a very routine law enforcement contact that should have been 30 seconds long and the subject could have been on his way, probably wouldn't even have gotten a citation had he not unnecessarily um, escalated the situation. Um, so all, all this kind of bubbled over from that interaction um, and it became a very politically charged incident that's turned our lives upside down for over 13 months now. So that's 13 months of living hell that your family has had to endure. Um, so let, let's let's talk about what the procedures are for for situations like this. So nationally, when a, when a police officer um, goes hands on and there is a complaint made, there is an internal affairs investigation that takes place. It, it, did that take place in this particular instance? It did, but it, I think to kind of preface that, it's important to kind of lay the stage. So or to set the stage, so. La Mesa, right, their city burnt down. There's a viral video of a very normal police interaction. Um, and you know this, but maybe a lot of our listeners won't. Like uh, city PDs like La Mesa are set up in a way that needs to be called out because it very much dictates how this situation and other politically charged situations play out. So the command staff at La Mesa, uh, so the captains and the chief, they report up to the city mayor, the manager, the city council. All of those people at La Mesa are liberals. They push an anti-cop rhetoric. So it's very important to know kind of as this IA process plays out what you're referring to, um, it's important for listeners to know who's really running that show, who's in charge, and it's left-leaning leaders and their anti-cop rhetoric. Um, so essentially what happened is La Mesa burns down um, and the spineless leadership in La Mesa decides to make Matthew their scapegoat instead of going by the actual 
facts of the case. So right off the bat, they tried to, um, like prior to any IA taking place, they tried to buy Matthew out. They tried to get him to resign voluntarily, um, which, you know, our stance on that was we didn't do anything wrong. We knew the use of force was clear. Um, and so we didn't want resigning to look like resignation in lieu of termination. Um, so they tried to buy him out, offered him a lot of money. We wanted to move forward, have, we, we pushed for the investigation. We knew it would clear us for use of force. Um, and you know, Randy, with your long and decorated career in law enforcement, you need that investigation. You need those results to clear you for use of force before you can move on with your career, before you can go to another agency. So we were really pushing for that. Um, so we declined to resign and, um, it's really interesting. And a lot of people don't know this, but we have documented conversations between the city and us where they say, look, you won't resign. You want the investigation. Even if we can't get you for use of force, we'll find a way to fire you. So it's really important for people to understand that at the very beginning of all this, before an investigation even took place. La Mesa had a preconceived determination to manufacture adverse findings against Matthew because he would not resign. This, so, this is this is this is so disturbing on so many levels. This is and truly what's what's happening here is there, this is a, a David versus Goliath kind of situation where your husband has been caught up in the social media madness that is that is sweeping this country and the the liberal, um, the, the liberal mentality that is that has just uh, caused an incredible upheaval with law enforcement. You're, I mean, literally, your husband is, is the is the, the the picture postcard for the abuse of law enforcement in this country, and that's why it's really critical for for the audience to have understood what you just said. That even before there was an investigation. They just wanted they wanted a head on a stake, basically, and mm -hmm. they and they were willing to pay a lot of money to your husband, who is who basically stood on principle. Most people would have taken that money, but because of the principle involved, he said, "No, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take a dive." Exactly. Um, and so when he declined their um, offers to resign, they then hired a third party firm um, named it's, uh, Norman Traub and Associates. So La Mesa paid them $75,000, probably over that when all is said and done, but um, paid them a lot of money to essentially buy the investigation results that they would need to fire Matthew. Um, so so, so wait, let me go back. Let me go back. So what what was the finding of internal affairs? The the well, they hired an outside third party firm. So that so there was okay. So they they violated their own procedures by not allowing intern an internal affairs investigation by the by the department. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think it was done at the request of city council. Um, city council is very untrusting, and like I mentioned earlier, they have a very anti cop um, perspective. So I think. I believe that their mentality was, we don't trust you. We're going to hire a third party outside firm to do it, quote unquote, independently. But in reality, you and I know hiring a third party outside firm would allow La Mesa to essentially control the investigation. Like I said, before, beforehand, they had a preconceived determination to manufacture adverse findings against him. So hiring an outside firm allows them to buy the investigative results that they need to fire Matthew. So it's very strategic. 
um, on their end, but to the public, it's going to look like, oh, well, they hired an independent firm and these results should be good. But I mean, I'm here to kind of pull the curtain back and really expose what what really happened behind the scenes and how they were how they've been able to get this far down the road, 13 months into it, wrongfully terminating and criminally charging an officer who had zero history of discipline within the department. And mind you, this officer was cleared for use of force and the viral video sparked a use of force investigation. So why are we still here? You know, it's- let's, okay, let's, let's, let's drill down on that for just a little bit. Um, so he was, he was cleared of a use of force investigation. Who cleared him of that? So um, La Mesa's own use of force coordinator um, cleared him for his touching of the subject's body. Um, the investigator interviewed the use of force expert and they all agree. They all cleared Matthew on his use of force. So it should have ended there. It is absurd that it's been allowed to kind of spin off into something else entirely. Um, and essentially what they did um, and what they, what they paid this firm to do is to take issue with trivial word choice in Matthew's police report. Um, and it's important to call that out because essentially what that is, is it's a loophole for La Mesa to allege officer dishonesty, despite all of his observations in his police report were corroborated by La Mesa's own use of force coordinator and other officers that were there that day and witnesses that were interviewed for the investigation. So we're, it stands now that, that there's going to be a, uh, a, um, a hearing that is about to take place next week. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. So we're kind of um, this is us battling the us battling the case on the the criminal side of things. So where we are in the process is there is um, a preliminary hearing on Tuesday, um, and that's kind of important because finally this case um, will go before a judge who actually has to review things like evidence case law to really determine if this case has legs to stand on, which you and I know it does not. Um, but up until this point, La Mesa is designed in a way that they're kind of allowed to kick the can down the road. Um, and finally, it's going to go before a judge. So um, we're really excited for that point in the process. Um, it's really big for us. Uh, we get to kind of um, actually call call to attention things like case law and evidence that's that La Mesa um, has been allowed to ignore up until this point. So we're we're really hopeful um, that you know justice will finally be served and that it'll be revealed that this case is completely unfounded um, and has only been allowed to advance because people in positions of power at La Mesa have just been posturing politically and pandering to their constituents. When this so th this hearing could go anyway. We all know that that political pressure that that you know judges can find uh, can find probable cause. This is the 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 issues of probable cause um, are are you know uh, they can be seen in a lot of different you know a lot of different views by the same eyes. And if if the judge rules that there is probable cause to the, for this to continue. Then this goes to um, this goes to trial, the, the the charges against your husband. Correct, and we're not afraid to go to trial. We are very willing to take this to trial if need be, because at the end of the day, what La Mesa bought from Norman Traub and Associates is a lot of 
theories and conclusions that are not based on evidence, that are not supported by all of the testimony of the people that were interviewed for this investigation. Um, so we know the investigation is a sham. We have presented, I think, close to a dozen case law examples that disprove what LaMesa is trying to say, that exonerate my husband. My husband has also passed a voluntary polygraph about the May 27th incident which further proves no racial bias happened, no dishonesty happened. Um, and it, you know, it might be, it might be beneficial too for listeners to kind of, for me to just briefly touch on like, what is my husband being charged for? Right. Because part of the reason I'm speaking out is there's so much public misconception about what this case is, what he's being charged for. Um, so just to kind of clear the air, um, I mentioned earlier, it's it's trivial word choice in Matthew's police report that LaMesa is using as a loophole to allege officer dishonesty. Um, so the first one is body language. And this one's one of my favorite ones to talk about because, um, you know, LaMesa's own use of force expert confirms that the subject was aggressively resisting Matthew in their interaction. Um, other officers that were interviewed for the investigation that were there that day also described the subject as being combative, being pre-assaultive, um, one police officer that was there even stated she thought that the subject was going to fight Matthew. So all these officers are, invest are, are interviewed for the investigation, and they're all found to be credible by the investigator. But when Matthew describes that same demeanor in his police report, the investigator calls Matthew a liar. That is literally what the charges are being based on, semantics. And it's just ironic because, and you know this, Randy, but all police officers are trained to look for specific body language cues um, that are indicating, you know, threatening behavior so that officers can be prepared and respond accordingly. But when Matthew cites those cues in his police report, the investigator is saying he's a liar. Um, and it's really interesting. Brandon Tatum did a really great YouTube video about our case. And um, he actually uses still frames from the bystander video that capture these body language cues that my husband was trained to look for and that my husband wrote in his police report that LaMesa is trying to say didn't happen. So that's really important to call out that literally LaMesa is taking you taking issue with semantics in a police report from a police officer that has no history of discipline at their department. They're basically trying to say, well, what you say you observed, you actually didn't observe and you are a racist liar. Like it is absurd. Yeah. It's absurd what they're being allowed to do. And it's absurd that a bureaucracy like La Mesa is structured in a way that allows them now 13 months into this to politically persecute one of their own, an upstanding officer, just so that they can benefit from it politically, just so that they can kind of quiet this mob, this mob justice mentality that has emerged um, around the situation. So it's really important to call that out because that's literally one of the reasons we, we might be going to trial for something as silly as that. It is, it is really, um, th this is one, this is, I, of all the the times that I have have reported on uh, officers who have been unjustly accused and and uh, uh, faced faced internal discipline, I I've never seen one taken to this to this extreme. Um, and and here you know we always hear about the police need to be held accountable accountable. We need to hold the police accountable. Who's holding the politicians accountable? Who who is who is holding the, the decision makers who have decided to, to, to spend tens of thousands of dollars of taxpayers' money to persecute a good cop. And, and, and the reality is that nobody's holding them accountable. And, they, exactly. and, that's, and that's how this, can, that's how this, this debacle can continue 
to take place. Now, what are you doing what, when I say you? What is, what is your husband and the legal team doing um, in, in the planning stages? I, I, can only, I can only hope that as this progresses and, and justice finally is seen, how do you then um, make yourselves whole? Oh, that is a million dollar question. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Um, well, firstly, just to touch on what you were just saying, I think the irony is so rich that, you know, what politicians and city leaders are being allowed to do is criminal. Like you never think that I'd at least didn't before this, you never think that city leaders will resort to doing something criminal to wrongfully incriminate a cop who has no history of discipline, right? Like there's actually a penal code that um, is at play here that's in, that La Mesa is in violation of. It's California Penal Code 148.6. And it states that any person who files an allegation of misconduct against a police officer, knowing the allegation to be false is guilty of a misdemeanor. And that's kind of what has gotten us into the situation today is La Mesa charged Matthew with a felony count of falsifying a police report despite zero evidence of this and actually substantial case law that defends officer perception and observations. Um, so that I think that deserves to be called out, just the irony being so rich that, you know, they're accusing this upstanding cop of being a criminal when they in fact themselves are resorting to criminal activity to even, you know, persecute him so that they can tout this political victory to quiet the mob. So, um, so that's worth calling out. And then in terms of, in terms of how we're doing, I mean, La Mesa and mob justice, they have thrown everything possible at us. Um, and, you know, we're still standing. We are not going anywhere. Um, and I, I, we always talk about kind of this last year kind of forging us in fire. Um, you know, it's been an agonizing year, but we're stronger than we've ever been and make no mistake about that. We're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to win this thing. And the, the moment we're able to kind of close this chapter of this nightmare in our family's lives, we're going to turn right around and we're going to help other police families who are being targeted like we are. How has, you know, this is when, when, when issues like this take place, um, sometimes you see the true colors of your support group, your, your fellow officers, your, uh, your friends. How has this affected the relationship between your, your husband's coworkers and, and your, and your, and your friends? Yeah, there's a country music song that talks about you find out who your friends are when you kind of face um, adverse situations like us. Um, we're incredibly blessed. We, um, so many of Matthew's colleagues at La Mesa are standing with us 100%. They have our backs. They know how police are trained at La Mesa. Um, they know that leadership has a really shameful reputation of being spineless and just cowering instead of actually going by the facts of a case. So um, I will say that morale at La Mesa Police Department is basically non-existent for the officers there. And I, I feel for the wonderful men and women of uniform there, but we're so fortunate. They've really rallied around us and have our backs. Um, and then, you know, in terms of our non-law enforcement family and friends, um, they know, they know what's in our heart. They know Matthew's character. They know the belief system our marriage is based on. Um, so all that to say, they know that these allegations and kind of these outcries about my husband being racist or dishonest are complete bullshit and fabricated. Um, so we're really fortunate that we have this amazing and unrelenting circle of 
family and friends and supporters who are standing with us um, in our fight against this injustice. Um, and, you know, we just feel so fortunate because you, at least we didn't, we never foresaw something like this uh, coming down on us. Um, but, it, you know, I believe now it can and, and likely might happen to any law enforcement family out there, just given this incendiary politically charged climate around policing. Um, but man, it is all about who is in your corner. And we're so fortunate this network of uh, people who understand law enforcement, who respect law enforcement. Um, they've really kind of circled around us and are standing with us. And we're so grateful. And we actually, um, there's an Instagram account called Clear Officer Degas um, that posts case updates and ways that people can help if they want to stand with us and fight back against, against this injustice. Um, they can follow that account. There's a link in bio that uh, will direct people to all the media segments that have happened around our case. Um, there's a, a donation page. People want to make a gift. They can do that as well. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know is so far to date, we've had to pay out of pocket over $27,000 in, in legal fees just to stay in this fight and just to, you know, advance Matthew's case uh, to a superior court judge. So um, there's lots of ways that people can get involved and, and stand with us and help us kind of raise awareness about the political railroading that's being allowed to happen to a good police officer. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, how has this affected your family? Oh man. Um, I mean, to put it quite frankly, the last 13 months have been agony. Actually agony feels like an understatement, but um, you know, we're a newly married couple. Um, so this has been kind of a baptism by fire for us in our relationship. And I've, I've never, I thought I loved him, but you know, before I thought I loved him, but I knew what love was when we first got married. And I think this just has a way of deepening, not only our connection, our commitment to each other, our faith. Absolutely. Um, our faith has been transformed in a wonderful way throughout this experience, but I mean, as a police wife, to, to be honest with you, seeing what can happen to a good cop, to a good, hardworking family like us at the hands of liberals and their anti-cop agenda has been incredibly eye-opening. Um, and it's ironic too, right? Like these voices that are speaking out against hate and violence, I've seen those same people bring those same things to my front doorstep. I think it's very hypocritical. So um, I'll, I will say just our family is, um, you know, we're, we're staying in the fight. We are uh, very close knit um, and just, you know, rooting down in our faith. And we're going to fact check the false narrative that's being allowed to spread about my husband and just policing in general. And, and we're committed to fighting this thing and overturning this um, injustice. Well, I, I, um, I hope that, that uh, you prevail. Uh, not only do you prevail on this coming hearing, but um, then I, I mean, I know one thing that there would be a massive civil suit at the end of this rainbow here uh, against the city. And, um, and, and I would, I, I would like to just sit in the, in the audience at the trial uh, the civil trial that that's inevitably going to be coming down the pike here. Um, oh yeah. We've got our eye on that. And that's kind of like our long-term um, what we're looking towards. And we'd love to have you there with us to stand in victory over this horrible, horrible thing that's been allowed to happen to us. Well, you certainly have the support of, uh, of myself and uh, thousands of law enforcement officers across the nation. So uh, I will keep in touch with you and we will continue to let my audience know of, uh, 
of, of the progress of this as, as events unfold. I really, um, I want, I want you to know, you know, personally, um, how I admire your courage and the courage of your husband, uh, to literally fight this tooth and nail, this injustice, um, against, against really what is a limitless pocketbook of a city that can, uh, that can, they can pull strings like they are doing. So you have, you have my admiration and you certainly have my support. So Christina Degas, uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to coming on to, uh, the voice of American law enforcement. And, um, is there, uh, is there a, a website or anything that's been set up that, um, supports your, your husband? Yes. So uh, there's an Instagram account, Clear Officer Degas, all one word. Um, there is case updates, information on what you can do to help us fight back. Um, and just follow the link in the bio. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. Um, give your husband my very best. I will. Thank you so much, Randy. You're welcome. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. If you've listened to this show, you've heard this before, but I'm telling you now, there's going to be a party going on in Las Vegas on October 30th for cops, for ex-cops, for retired cops, for people that like cops, people that support cops. It is going to be the Brothers in Blue Bash, October 30th at the fabulous Ahern Hotel here in Las Vegas. This is going to be a fundraising event for the Wounded Blue, which of course is the national association that helps injured and disabled officers all over the nation. But this is going to be a blast. Great food, great entertainment. You're going to see some people that you will love. I'm not even going to tell you their names because it's a secret. If you want to know, you got to come. Uh, there's going to be entertainment. There's going to be um, some amazing speakers. We're going to be giving out some awards to some really deserving people. You want to be here. Cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's 95 bucks a person, and you get food, you get drinks, you get entertainment, and you get to support the Wounded Blue, and you get to support cops all over this country. So check it out at thewoundedblue.org, or if you're on Facebook. You're probably on Facebook, right? So you can get your tickets right there at at our Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash. Or you can contact me, Randy Sutton. That's easy, right? Randy at thewoundedblue.org, and we'll get you tickets right out. So check out the Brothers in Blue Bash. Don't miss this. And if you're a cop or um, a retired cop, check out the Law Enforcement Survival Summit that's going to be taking place 
a couple days prior to leading into this event because this is going to be the training opportunity of a lifetime. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org or our Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash. And I want to see you there. I want to tell you about an organization that I'm going to ask you to support. It's called The Wounded Blue, and you can see it at thewoundedblue.org. They are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Now, by uh, I have to tell you the truth, and that is that I am the founder of that organization and the national director. What do they do? They provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over the United States. They have a team of dedicated police officers, all who have been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over or faced psychological trauma, and they know exactly what these men and women are going through today. It's free, of course, because this is a national nonprofit charitable organization. They don't take any fees. Nobody makes any money on this deal. This is just about helping those men and women who have sacrificed so much for their communities and their country. Check it out at thewoundedblue.org. Your support is, is really needed. These men and women uh, have been abused in ways you can't even imagine. In fact, if you got a moment, go to Amazon.com and look at our documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You will be shocked. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org, and support these men and women. Thank you. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the law enforcement profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. Unfortunately, this week I have more names to read. The first is Police Officer Gordon Beasley of the Arvada Police Department in Colorado. Police Officer Gordon Beasley was shot and killed at about 1.30 p.m. after having responded to a suspicious event call near the Arvada Library. While Officer Beasley was checking the area, a subject who had expressed a hatred for police arrived and saw him. The subject retrieved a 12-gauge shotgun from his vehicle, approached Officer Beasley from behind, and opened fire, killing him. A good Samaritan, Mr. Johnny Hurley, heard the shots, rushed to the area, and fatally shot the subject prior to the arrival of backup officers. But Mr. Hurley picked up the subject's rifle to secure it, but was mistaken for the original shooter and was fatally shot by responding officers. Officer Beasley served the Arvada police for 19 years. He was a school resource officer at Oberon Middle School, but was assigned to patrol during the summer break. Police Officer Gordon Beasley, Arvada Police Department, Colorado. End of Watch, Monday, June 21st, 2021. The next is Correction Officer Gabriel Forrest of the Washington State Department of Corrections. Correctional Officer Gabriel Forrest died from complications as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty at the Stafford Creek Correction Center in Aberdeen, Washington. Officer Forrest has served with the Washington State Department of Corrections for 19 years. Washington State Department of Corrections Officer Gabriel Forrest, end of watch, Thursday, June 17, 2021. The next is Officer Kevin Apple of the Pea Ridge Police Department in Arkansas. Police Officer Kevin Apple was struck and killed by a vehicle in the parking lot of a gas station 
the intersection of Slack and Curtis. The, off, the vehicle had fled from officers in Rogers, Arkansas earlier after they attempted to stop it for a property-related crime. Officer Apple and another officer spotted the vehicle parked in the gas station parking lot and attempted to contact, contact, contact the officer, or excuse me, the driver. The driver accelerated and struck a police car before fatally striking Officer Apple. Officers pursued the vehicle into Bella Vista where she and another occupant were arrested. Officer Apple had served with the Pea Ridge Police for three years, previously served with the Lowell Police Department. Police Officer Kevin Apple, Pea Ridge Police Department, Arkansas. End of watch is um, Saturday, June 26, 2021. The next is Deputy Sheriff Anthony Redondo of the Imperial County Sheriff's Office in California. Deputy Sheriff Anthony Redondo was killed in a vehicle crash at the intersection of Aiton Road and Forrester while responding to a call for service. His patrol SUV collided with another vehicle at the intersection. Deputy Redondo has served with the Imperial County for only nine months. The Imperial County Deputy Sheriff's uh, Deputy um, Anthony Redondo, end of watch, Saturday, June 26, 2021. And the next is police officer Lewis Franklin Canty of the Grand River Dam Authority Police Department in Oklahoma. Police officer Frank Canty died as a result of complications from contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. He had served as a part-time police officer at the Grand River Dam Authority Police Department for three years and served in Oklahoma law enforcement for a total of 42 years. Police officer Lewis Franklin Canty, Grand River Dam Authority Police Department, Oklahoma. End of watch, Friday, June 18th, 2021. Each of these officers gave their lives in the line of duty, serving their communities. May they rest in peace. This is a message to all my active duty officers who are thinking about retiring. And you're going to love me because I'm going to save you tens of thousands of dollars in the future. Does that sound like a crazy promise? All right. We all know about insurance. Now, when a, when a police officer retires, they usually retire in their you know early 50s and they can't get onto Social Security and, and collect on Medicare until they're in their 60s, right? So what do you do for insurance between, health insurance I'm talking about, between that time? I know what happened to me. When I retired, I got thrown off of my, my plan because I was now a retired cop and I had to go off on my own or the department allowed me to use their insurance, but I was paying, I'm not kidding you, damn close to $1,000 a month. I still am, $1,000 a month. And I had no choice because that, that was there were no other options out there, right? Well, yes, there is a new option. You are going to love this. It's thinbluelinebenefits.com. This is real deal, no-nonsense health insurance. Really premium plan. And I can tell you right now that if I, and I check this out, if I could have gone on to this insurance plan when I retired, I would have saved myself close to $50,000 over my retirement period since I've been retired. So listen, if you are worried about insurance, and you should be because it's crazy out there, you need to go to thinbluelinebenefits.com. This is, this is really good quality health insurance. They're all over the nation. 
They really care about their cops. And you do not want to miss this possible opportunity. I can tell you right now, just this week, uh, an individual who I recommended was able to retire, was able to retire because of getting insurance through thinbluelinebenefits.com. Check it out. You don't want to miss this. Just tell them Randy sent you. For all of my law enforcement, active and retired, great announcement. Something you, especially if you're working, whether you are a patrol officer or you're a chief, you want to listen to this because you want to sign up for this ASAP. The Wounded Blue, which is, of course, the organization that I founded, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers, is announcing right now for the first time the Law Enforcement Survival Summit that is being hosted by the Wounded Blue at the Ahern Hotel in Las Vegas, October 28, 29, and 30. This is the one training event that you want to attend because it's about everything that involves surviving a law enforcement career. It encompasses physical survival, tactics by two of the most incredible and experienced instructors, Dave and Betsy Smith. They together have uh, have probably saved more lives than than uh, any other duo in training history. Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, the author of Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement, is going to be one of the presenters. Uh, Jason Schechterly, whose story of survival after being incredibly burned in a in a when his patrol car was struck, his story of survival is incredible. He's going to be one of the speakers. There are going to be amazing speakers, presenters, classes, and you don't want to miss this. We're only going to allow 300 in-person people, and that's in Las Vegas, October 28th through the 30th. And then the night of the 30th is the Brothers in Blue Bash. So go to thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org. And you want to register right now for this event because it's going to sell out quick and you do not want to miss it. It just may save your life. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Now, you can find me at Facebook under the voice of American law enforcement. I really do welcome your comments and your suggestions. And also, I ask you to support the organization that does so much for our injured and disabled officers, thewoundedblue.org. Check them out at thewoundedblue.org. And uh, once again, I will see you again next week where we will once again talk about all things law enforcement here at Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. It's Randy Sutton signing off.